1: in the areas of healing, spirituality, and social transformation. And I'm very excited about today's show. Today's special guest is a gentleman named Logan Christopher. And I came across Logan's work recently because I was continuing to do research in one of my areas of deep interest, which is tonic herbs. Uh, the uh, herbs that facilitate the, uh, the renewal and rejuvenation of the body and the human spirit at a very deep level. And also another area of interest of mine is hormonal balancing and especially supporting that for men because uh, it seems like for every, every article or product out there that's designed to help women in that area, You know, there's not too much going on to support men. And yet, uh, from what I've discovered, there's a a multi-pronged assault on the uh, deep masculine energy um, in the world in general, but especially it affects people that are in male bodies. And so um, Logan has a very interesting story to tell in terms of his own personal journey, you know, going from uh, being self-described as a scrawny young person to someone who is able to access tremendous amounts of strength and energy and masculine qualities. So Logan's uh, very qualified to speak about this topic uh, from his own personal journey as well. So today in Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, I want to give you a chance to really find out about Logan and um, his journey and what he's currently doing and what he's currently making available to all of us. So, Logan, welcome to Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul.
0: Ah, thank you, David. Glad to be here.
1: So, um, as my listeners know, the way I like to start these in-depth interviews is to give the guest, in this case you, Logan, uh, all the time you need and want to really Uh, tell us your story, because I find that as the listeners really bond with you at a deep level, then later on when we start to talk about the work that you're doing, it has added power and impact. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a while, Logan, and feel free to introduce yourself and go as far back in your childhood as you'd like to start to tell your story as it relates to helping the listeners to connect with who you are now and what you're up to now.
0: Okay. Uh, Sort of going off of what you were saying in your introduction there, I was a really weak and scrawny kid. I was, uh, you know, not into sports not athletic Uh, people are often surprised at that when they see some of the things that i do now Uh, i also feel like i was probably born lower testosterone than most people if you just looked at my size as well as hair growth and that sort of thing so i feel that is another piece that then played into where i went with it um i played football in high school but was never very good like i said small and unathletic it was shortly after high school uh, I got into bodyweight training. I was just doing sort of the commercial bodybuilding thing because that's all I was exposed to before that and really not seeing anything in the way of results. I was the proverbial 98-pound weakling when I entered high school. I was maybe like 140, 150 when I left high school despite being 6'2", so pretty, pretty skinny. But when I got into bodyweight exercise, you know, I started to actually – one, see results, but have fun with my training, which was something I never really had before. And so as I went a little deeper into it, I started to have more fun that got me into things like kettlebells, started having fun with those, seeing results with those. Uh, Then I read a biography of an old time strongman by the name of the Mighty Adam. Uh, This was a guy that Basically, when he grew up, the doctor said, you're not going to live. But he did live. He was still, like me, extremely weak and scrawny. But he literally ran away and joined the circus and under the tutelage of uh, another strongman by the name of Volanco uh, through like deep breathing exercises, all kinds of things, he became a great wrestler and very strong and quite healthy at the same time. So just reading this biography I don't know, something in me clicked and was like I want to be able to do that because uh, the Mighty Adam, he went on to perform in vaudeville doing strongman shows, doing things like bending nails and biting through chains just pretty crazy stuff so for whatever reason, I really don't know what is was like i want to be able to do this so i uh, went further with my strength pursuits and along with that i got into i figured that would be a good career so became a personal trainer started working with that and my strength has grown over the years because i've been kept at it some of my more famous feats of strength include pulling an antique fire truck that weighed eight thousand eight hundred pounds by my hair uh, that was directly inspired by the Mighty Adam. He did a number of hair stunts like that. I've taken kettlebells, which if people are familiar with those, I'm I'm quite good at what's known as kettlebell juggling, which involves flipping, rotating around the body, including one time where I lit it on fire and then proceeded to do that. I've lifted over 1,000 pounds in uh, short-range partials, uh, all kinds of different things, you know. Uh, I've been described as a physical culture renaissance man. If it has to do with exercise and fitness in some way, then I have likely have some experience with it. And along with that, because I was not genetically or naturally gifted at being athletic or strong, like I said, I came from, not very good starting place from that. That is what led me into health and got me into the tonic herbs in the first place, because I was looking for the cutting edge. Uh, I was looking for something that would help me to achieve the goals that I desired. So for a long time, I felt the tonic herbs were my secret weapon. Well, it's no secret now, you know, I'm <laughs> widely preaching the gospel of the tonic herbs out there. So that was a big part of helping my performance, and also the mental side of things. I've always been, I guess, pretty smart, but that I, I always saw that you know there's untapped power in the mind. We've all heard stories of uh, old ladies that lift cars off of their trapped children, something like that. So really, the mind—that's where you're able to unlock some of this power that we might not otherwise have. So that led me into things like neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, energy medicine, all these other aspects that I then was bringing into sort of my main field, the strength training that I do. Uh, Another important or pivotal point for me was my mom had cancer kind of early in this journey. Uh, She had cancer and did not, suffer or she did suffer (laughs) uh, and got to the end, which was not a fun time for me. So that I feel helped propel me deeper into understanding health and nutrition and herbs and the mind and how all these things play into our health. Because I, I mean, I don't want anyone that I know personally to have to go through that again. So I've deeply investigate these different areas, so how can I not only, you know, not go through disease and have the people I love do that, but also at the same time, those same things are going to help me to achieve the peak performance that I desire. It's really sort of flip sides of the same coin. So uh, in a nutshell, that's my story.
1: How old are you now?
0: I am 31.
1: And are you single or partnered or?
0: I have a wife. Okay. Any kids? No kids, not yet, but on the horizon.
1: All right. And uh, I'd like to focus a little more on uh, your journey into the nutritional and herbal end of things. Did you have uh, one or more particular main mentors in that area?
0: Yeah, a couple different people. What really got me... uh, into it in the first place was uh, Ron Teagarden of uh, Dragon Herbs. He's kind of the, probably the biggest leader that has sort of spread tonic herbalism within the U.S. And he learned from his own teacher, a Korean master of it. So I, I really got into his information, took a few classes with him, and that was really my starting point. Uh, From there I've learned with a number of other teachers, Uh, more recently went through a two-year program with uh, Saja Popham at the School of Evolutionary Herbalism, which I really enjoyed because this took sort of a whole bunch of different elements and brought them together in a very cool way because I have some experience in Chinese medicine, some experience in Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, then there's Western herbalism, there's even alchemical traditions. So a uh, little bit of experience in all these sort of different fields. That's kind of the way I like to roll. I'm, I'm more of a generalist than a specialist. Uh, so I haven't dove deep into just a single thing like Chinese medicine, but uh, kind of see all these different things and how I can bring them together in sometimes new ways.
1: Have you explored at all the potential impact of using essential oils to support um, deep strength and hormonal balance
0: at all? I'm just getting a little bit more into essential oils. You probably can't hear it, but running in the background of my office, I have a nebulizer, which is spitting out. I think I got eucalyptus oil going right now, so I, I'm I'm just beginning to get a little bit more into the essential oil side of things.
1: Have you found a particular company that has qual the quality of oils that you feel comfortable using with clients yet, or are you still very much in your early research on this?
0: Uh, what I've the best company that I've seen so far, in I haven't done a whole lot of research, but a lot of people that I know and respect all recommend this company is uh, Living Libations, uh, run by a woman named Nate Dean Artemis, and they seem to have really high quality stuff. Where is she located? I believe it's in Canada.
1: Okay, Living Libations.
0: Yeah, and I believe it's livinglibations.com. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, essential oils are great. I was just going through some information that was basically saying every essential oil is anti-cancerous. That's a good piece of information to know.
1: (laughs) Well, I know a lot of people are um, taking a much more serious look in that area because not so much in this country because of the politics and the economics, but in Europe and in Asia, I believe there's been a lot of very good scientific work done on the relationship between essential oils and health and many diseases. And I think it's time is coming because it's such a potent core energy. And uh, so I thought I would ask that. But getting back to the uh, your interest in the area of the herbs and the mushrooms and the pollen, how much of what we're dealing with do you think is simply depletion of nutrients and subtle forces? And how much of it do you think has to do with the tremendous amount of toxic load that people are dealing with?
0: Uh, That's a great question. And it's both. And it's because of one, you even need more of the other. So our food supply, even if you're eating like high quality organic food, which I definitely recommend, just the soil from which our foods grow is uh, chronically depleted of many of these minerals, uh, things like zinc and selenium and all kinds of trace minerals, which honestly... Even despite we have all kinds of science, right, we really don't know a lot about this area. Like the more I learn about health and nutrition, the more I realize we really as a species don't know all the details, despite the fact that I think The average person out there kind of thinks science has it figured out for the most part. Uh, That is definitely not the case. So we have all these different minerals that really, if it's not in the soil, then that can't get in the plant. If that's not in the plant, then let's say we have a cow that's grazing on that plant. Uh, If the cow even eats grass in the first place, um, that's a whole other discussion, right? Grain-fed versus grass-fed. So... If the food doesn't have the food that's in it, these micronutrients, the vitamins and minerals, it can't accumulate up and then the food that we're eating is not getting into us. So that is a huge thing because each single mineral has a multitude of different functions in the body, some of which we know, some of which we don't know. Magnesium, for instance, which is something I've heard different statistics, somewhere between 80 and 95 percent of the U.S. population is chronically deficient in this. This has over 300 enzymatic reaction that plays a role in within the body. Uh, so it's critically important, yet if you don't have enough, then that means those things within the body cannot be run at optimal efficiency now the human body is an amazing thing it can learn to adapt and do many things but if you are out of something like a mineral for a long period of time that's where chronic disease begins to set in and because we may be deficient in multiple things or excess of other things uh, this can all lead to you know the whole host of different diseases that occur and that stops us from having optimal health then on top of that we do have rampant toxicity through our world through things like just the chemicals in our water supply uh pesticides various things put on our food so it has less minerals and now it has these additional things and the human body it's great at detoxing you know the liver the kidneys those are working at it you detox through excrement as well as sweat and your breath even but the body can only handle so much of this. And if it doesn't have those minerals, those vitamins, the different things that it needs, that inhibits these processes from happening. So in our modern day life, uh, with all this toxicity, with the chronic levels of stress that many people are under, not acute stress, but, you know, low levels of stress, our body needs more of the nutrition that we have less of. It's not that we need less of it now. We actually need even more because of the world we live in. So these two things kind of compound each other. And that's, like I said, what really leads to most of the chronic diseases that are out there.
1: Absolutely. I can share with you from my clinical practice as a holistic doctor I can validate what you were saying about magnesium. It's by far the most common uh, functional mineral deficiency that I find in my practice. Mm -hmm. And I'm still not exactly clear all the factors that are leading to that. I don't know if it's simply a lack of intake of magnesium or if there are some other factors that are blocking its absorption, but I definitely... It's probably all
0: of the above, right?
1: (laughs) I'm definitely finding that. And another thing I'm finding in my practice is that if people really want to get well, one of the things they really need to do, and you were mentioning this a little bit about the importance of eating organically, is they need to get away from the GMOs. Mm -hmm. There's something about the energy of the GMOs that completely disrupts the uh, integrity and the rhythm of the energy field and I think causes a lot of direct damage to the gut ecology which has uh systemic implications for everything
0: yeah let let me add a little bit on there and that's the thing really we have to look at the holistic picture and that's can be a hard thing to do because, you know, we can dive into these deep details with, okay, what does this one mineral do? But you have to look at all these other functions, all these interacting parts that makes up the human body. So with magnesium, one, most of the foods that it's found in an abundant supply is green leafy vegetables, which unfortunately the majority of people aren't eating enough of. And there's the fact that even if they are eating those, you know, how much is being taken up from the soil, how much is there in the first place so that these green leafy vegetables can have it. Uh, then as you said, intestinal absorbability of this mineral that can be complicated through dysfunction of the microbiome, dysfunction of the gut in there that can be another problem. But with GMO specifically, one thing that I learned about these is with the Roundup Ready crops, right? The genes have been manipulated so that these crops can have more of this pesticide put on them. And what Roundup actually does is it chelates minerals. It actually, that's how it, uh, stops the bugs from eating it. It's chelating the minerals. So it's doing that out of the plants. And then the genes from these plants can actually intermix with the genes in the bacteria within our gut. So if we have things that chelate minerals, you know, this can exacerbate the problem because it's actually drawing minerals out of our body that we might otherwise have or not be able to get those through the food.
1: Absolutely. So let's um, start to focus a little more in detail about the uh area of supporting the deep energies of the body through, uh, through tonic substances, primarily tonic herbs, and I think we need to introduce a concept that some of the listeners might not be familiar with, because I know a lot of people are familiar with Qi or chi mm-hmm. or vital force, and a lot of people are familiar with the concept of spirit And, uh, but very many, there's a lot of people that are not familiar with this concept. The word that's used in Chinese medicine is Jing, J I N G. And I was wondering, before we get into it, if you could define for our listeners what Jing is.
0: Absolutely. So, in the Chinese medicine, they have this model they call the three treasures, which are Jing chi and shen and shen is that spirit you described i think one of the best ways to understand this is with the metaphor of a candle if you have a candle there the jing is really the the most foundational substance that's all the wax of the candle that's sort of the body of it the qi, the chi is the energy that is the flame coming off of the candle that is what is kind of the purpose of the candle you see that energy but the shen that is the light that is then cast off of the flame so you have this analogy that can kind of give you a picture of this with the the chi is really sort of that everyday energy we get chi from the foods that we eat. we get chi from breathing air drinking water this is really that everyday sort of energy but jing is considered sort of a more condensed form of energy. Uh, It is more foundational. Uh, Depending on which sort of Chinese philosophy you look at, some people say that you're born with a certain amount of Jing, and that's kind of your inbuilt constitution, and that you're kind of living off of that throughout your life. Whereas the Taoist philosophy is you can do certain things that not only uh, keep that Jing working well and not depleting it but there are certain ways you can actually cultivate the jing as well and help it to grow Uh, so like i was saying before uh, i don't feel i was born with a good constitution like i was sickly as a child nothing major but just i would have a cold for a month long and i i didn't have a lot of energy wasn't very strong it wasn't vital the jing is sort of that vital energy that uh, primal essence of ourselves and it has this big hormonal component the jing is stored within the kidneys now in the western viewpoint we look at the kidneys as okay this is where we do our water filtration basically but in the chinese model the kidneys are responsible for so much more than this the kidney meridian that's where that's the storehouse of the jing the storehouse of this energy and there's a huge hormonal component to it uh basically and we see this rampant in the west right a lot of people have trouble conceiving that's because their health is getting off track they're depleting their jing they don't have the nutrition they need so their body is not supported in the right ways it really needs to be and therefore they're not able to procreate the body doesn't have what it needs to really be able to pass on the essence in this way so that jing there's not really a, a ideal sort of best translation, but it has to do with many of these factors of hormones, of uh, even like the secretions of semen, of that primal energy and essence of ourself.
1: Great, great. And, uh, you know, this is really what got me interested in all of this because I was like you. I was born with a fairly weak Jing reserve energy, my... Mm -hmm. My mother was not the healthiest. She was, um, she was born after seven months of her own life, and then she had a lot of stress in her life and a lot of issues. And uh, so, uh, when I was born, I was born with a lot of gifts. But one of the gifts I wasn't born with was a lot of deep, reserved, Jing constitutional energy, and then um and then i run a lot of energy because my work is as a healer and so mm-hmm. i'm run, i'm running a lot of energy and putting a lot of energy out and now i'm 60 years old and i'm a baby boomer and i'm part of that generation that is uh you know getting into that phase of life and um i'm finding it more and more important for my own well-being as well as for the well-being of many of my patients, to really increase my knowledge and my discipline in relation to preserving and cultivating Jing, and so that's propelled me into a much deeper study of it, and that's taken me into a deeper study of uh, Chinese and Ayurvedic herbology, mm-hmm. as well as other areas, and. I know this is an area of expertise for you. And so maybe if you're willing, you could talk about some of the favorite herbs that you've come across in your journeys. And of course, you could include Western herbs if you find them or if you're finding a particular, you know, mineral pitch like shilajit, you know, just Mm -hmm. I just want to leave it open for you to start to share with me and the listeners some of your favorite Jing discoveries and maybe some of the, once you introduce them, maybe some some of the subtle distinctions that would guide the user in either picking one or the other or putting together an appropriate formulation. And then um, after we do that, then at the end of the show, I'll make sure that we tie that into some of the products that your company has put together. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we'll start with Pine Pollen, uh, just because that's what, well, one sort of launches company, but I saw a pretty dramatic transformation in my life from that. So as, as I was saying, the Jing... Really, with that, you have that hormonal component. And by hormones, you know, there's all kinds of different hormones, but I'm talking about the sex hormones. Uh, for men, that's primarily testosterone. Um, for women, you have estrogen, progesterone. Actually, men have these as two. Uh, the hormones work as sort of a symphony together. Um, so while we hear about things like testosterone replacement therapy, you know, that's replacing one important hormone. It's definitely important, but you really have to look at this broader picture, a more holistic picture of it as well. So what's interesting about pine pollen is it actually has phytoandrogens in it. Uh, Most people, if they're into health, they've heard of phytoestrogens or xenoestrogens. Uh, Xeno meaning alien. These are basically the chemicals in their environment that we talked about. Pesticides, um, phthalates, BPA that's found in plastic, all these chemicals that uh, have an estrogenic effect within the human body. So they basically mimic estrogen in certain ways, um, or they're, some of them aren't necessarily estrogens, but they can be anti-androgens in some way to disrupt our hormonal system. And this is, as you're saying, especially bad for men. It definitely has repercussions for women as well. Uh, but with men, we need to have a certain high, higher level of testosterone. We have some estrogen and some level of estrogen is important for our health. It's not like get rid of all the estrogen and only have testosterone. That would not work well for us. But as uh, men with all these chemicals in our environment, we tend to get this overabundance of estrogen within our body. It's called estrogen dominance, and this can lead to things like uh, weight gain, especially around the midsection, low libido, all sorts of different factors that uh, basically go along with aging. Because it, it's thought, I, I'm I'm not actually. Sure, I believe in this completely that, you know, testosterone naturally declines with age. I really think it's more of the compounding of effects of what happens over time to us that then lead us down this sort of path. But you can look at examples, you know, 60-year-old guys that have testosterone of what they had in their 20s without doing injections or anything like that. So I like to look at those sort of outliers as examples of where I want to be as my age progresses. So anyway, we have all these different xenoestrogenic chemicals, and those are really the worst one. We also can find estrogens within uh, just natural world at large and these are called phytoestrogens uh soy being the most famous one especially with our overproduced soy that's probably a thing that should be best avoided by men unless you're getting fermented soy but plenty of other plants have phytoestrogens as well uh flax hops that is used in beer all these natural plant chemicals can also have estrogen like effects um so there's all these things but Few people I've thought to ask. I know I never did till I was introduced to this subject. Like, okay, in nature, there's these estrogenic compounds. Is there androgenic compounds? And yes, there happens to be. Now I'm not sure if it is just whether we haven't looked or these are actually much more rare in nature. Um, It's maybe some combination of the two. But pine pollen, literally the pollen of pine trees. This is. Quite a rich substance in phytoandrogens. It actually has the same human hormones. It has testosterone, DHEA, androstenedione. It has the same hormones that we have, as well as some basically plant hormones that we don't have, but exert androgenic effects within the body. So I think this is a pretty fascinating substance and it has been used in Chinese medicine for thousands of years. But I I really feel today because of this overabundance of endocrine disrupting chemicals, that this is gonna, it is sort of becoming more and more popular because it can help tip the scales back within our favor just by providing some of these phytoandrogens. And in addition to that, it's rich in tons of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, all kinds of other things. Uh, So it can be a powerful ally for that reason.
1: Now, is it safe for most men to take this or do they first have to do other things for their general health so that the testosterone doesn't convert to estrogen?
0: Yeah. So that goes to that whole symphony of hormone thing. So What we found, there really is not that much science around pine pollen. I would love there to be more of it in the future as the company grows. That may be something that we're actually funding in order to see what is out there. Um, The pine pollen, because it's a natural substance, like when someone has uh, testosterone replacement therapy, uh, they often prescribe a drug in addition to that that helps to combat uh, what you're saying, the conversion of testosterone into Uh, estrogen, which happens via the aromatase enzyme. It's called aromatization. Uh, So this is sort of a natural process, which, you know, if you're overweight, like the the body fat, the fat cells actually produce more of this aromatase enzyme. So that's something you definitely have to be careful with. What we have seen just from our customers, and uh, I'm trying not to make claims here, but because it's a natural substance, it has this holistic look you know it's it's not just testosterone that you're taking and really in pine pollen it's pretty trace amounts of these hormones but you you kind of with this ratio of different hormones all the vitamins and minerals what i like to think of it as you're, you're getting the intelligence of that plant so it is not just directly boosting testosterone although yes we see that happen it does seem to help to uh fight that sort of aromatization that occurs with it now with pine pollen we do have two different forms you can just take the powder which has all this nutrition in it right we really see that as more kind of a superfood and indeed in china they would use up to 10 grams of it a day which is quite a lot they like throw it in baked goods they'd kind of use it all these different ways and sort of the idea is that the hormones aren't really surviving the digestive tract Uh, they're being broken apart and then Uh, being used although we do see there is a hormonal effect like this what is much stronger hormonally if you're looking for that more direct testosterone support and boosting if you do an alcoholic tincture of the pine pollen this alcohol helps draw out that hormonal component much more so you're not getting quite all the nutrition but more directly boosting of that because it can absorb straight into your bloodstream by taking a a tincture dropper full under the tongue, and it absorbs into your bloodstream, and it can have a little bit more of a immediate effect in that way. Now, nothing with herbs, like, everyone is individual. Nothing works for every single person, and certainly not the same way, so I can't really make blanket statements that this is going to work for everyone. For instance, it is pine pollen, and a few people, it's like Two three percent maybe have an allergy to pine pollen so with those people this is not recommended for them but for most people like i said living in our day and age definitely starting out with the just the pine pollen powder i see that as nutritional support with a little bit of hormonal support i think most people would that would work well for and Works even for women and children. With the tincture, that's a little bit more uh, powerful hormonally. So that's not appropriate for everyone. Uh, Generally, it's indicated for older men that definitely need this hormonal support. Uh, Personally, I only take it every once in a while because it's a bit too strong for me it's a it's a bit too much. <laughs> but that wasn't always the case. I feel like once I got started with pine pollen, that kind of helped to reset my testosterone levels where they ought to have been. That kind of got me to this position where now I don't need it as much.
1: Now, this sounds like a, a different mechanism than the way a lot of the herbs work in terms of potentiating the body's own testosterone availability and production. This sounds like you're actually getting testosterone.
0: Yeah, so that is what is unique about the pine pollen it is supplying the hormones directly. However, once again, it is a very small amount. Uh, whether this is actually enough that it would change your body's own thing, or it's just kind of the hormonal signature that's really strong in this, which is then helping your body to get back to a better production itself. It's hard to say everything that's happening on this. And like I said, there's not a whole lot of science with the pine pollen. Uh, we've just found it works quite well for different people.
1: I was just going to ask if there were any studies done that show its effect on uh... Either salivary testosterone levels or free testosterone levels in the blood, and also whether they've studied the re- relationship between the uh, between pine pollen's effect on the entire hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis. Whether they've looked to see whether it has any impact on what the hypothalamus is doing and what the pituitary is doing, and if there's any um, need to cycle it.
0: I wish I could tell you, yes, all those studies have been done, but unfortunately, no, there is nothing there are, as to the best of my knowledge, no human trials of any sort with pine pollen, uh, and even very limited studies done on rats with it. So there really isn't much there. Um, what we do recommend just to be careful because the hormones, they really, they, they work via, Feedback loops. If one thing raises too high, basically another hormone triggers something that then tries to shut that down. This is working via the hypothalamus and pituitary, and in case of testosterone and sex hormones, uh, primarily with the testicles in men, the ovaries in women. So all the hormones are working in these complex feedback loops. Uh, with the pine pollen tincture because it is kind of directly working on the hormones just to be cautious we recommend people do cycle with it Uh, there can be a bunch of different ways that you do this Uh, like go through a bottle then lay off it for a week or two Uh, then you can get back on it Um, I do think I mean with anything right we can drink so much water that it causes harm or even kills us so anything can be overdone uh So yes, with some of the stronger hormonal herbs, the pine pollen as well as some others I'll probably end up talking to, it's not as much of a tonic, at least in the tincture form. We do see the powder as a tonic, something that you can take pretty much every day for your life and you'll be fine with that. But with the tincture, I wouldn't say that's the case. It's more more medical in this sense, more... I shouldn't use the word medical because, you know, they don't like us saying that any herb does anything medical, but it's more used for certain conditions and not just something that supports uh, radiant health. And actually speaking of that, I think that's a good sort of idea that people need to get about tonic herbs. If we're really talking about the uh, sort of traditional chinese look of what is a tonic herb a tonic herb is something that you can take throughout your life basically every day in your life and it's just going to support your health in many ways it's not used specifically to treat any sort of disease or symptoms that you have but it just supports your body's health from the inside out so that you become resistant to disease uh the saying is health beyond danger you get to a point where you know it doesn't matter if someone coughs the flu in your face uh, your body your immune system is there it's able to fight it uh, no problem with that at all so a true tonic herb is something that you should be able to take long term uh, that just has these supportive effects rather than specifically driving uh, something one way and another so pine pollen is kind of interesting in that and the powder, I'd say it's tonic. In the uh, tinctured form, it really is more of this driving uh, the hormones in one direction. So it's not really a tonic in that sense.
1: I understand. So for uh, men in the baby boomer generation, in terms of general recommendations, it sounds like it might be good for them to take both, but to cycle the, extra, the, the liquid extract.
0: Yeah, we, we do find that people seem to get really good results when taking both of them together because, like I said, in the tincture, the liquid extract, you're not getting all that nutrition that's there in the pine pollen, so you bring that in, and it's kind of like the you're getting a more, the whole pine pollen, you're getting some of that direct action through the tincture, but also through the powder itself, so yeah, we have many people that do combine the two and have good results with that.
1: Now, when you're giving the power to when you're giving the pine pollen to a client, do you usually like to give it by itself, or do you like to give it in the context of a of a formula where it's just one note in a in a larger chord?
0: Um, ideally, it is best to give in uh, formula. Uh, if you look at Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, really they're not big on using single herbs by themselves. That's kind of something, um, I guess some Westerners are, uh, do a bit more. So ideally, yeah, it would be part of some bigger picture because, um, although it's great for the hormones, you know, pine pollen by itself, you know, it can be sort of heating and drying. So it's not perfect for every constitution. Usually formulation is done to kind of balance any sort of formula, that can kind of bring out more of the tonic effect, something you can take longer term. And uh, working with people specifically, right, you can get a big picture of, you know, every sort of issue that they're having, and thus you can formulate different herbs together into getting something that is specific for that person. Uh, now, since we primarily work as sort of an e-commerce site, right? We s- sell the herbs, we do sell a lot of single herbs as well as have some formulas. Uh, you know, unless we're working with a person one-on-one, we can't quite make the same sort of recommendation. So we provide a lot of information, we try to guide people, but in this sort of one-to-many, it's a bit tougher to do. I so with our, with, with our formulas, we do try to make them more balanced uh, so that it's going to work for a broader range of people and it's going to kind of give the benefits that we're trying to seek. But once again, nothing works for every single person. So really with the tonic herbs, I encourage people to personally experiment, you know, your body, uh, you can become more aware of your body. You try these different herbs, find what suits you best. And then, you know, that can become something you're taking longer term.
1: Okay. So, um, I'm kind of of two minds here. I'm thinking we could go in a couple of directions, and I want to leave it up to you. One direction we could go in is we could just segue into some of your favorite formulas, and 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 get into talking about the herbs more that way. Or another thing we could do is you could mention some of your more some more of your favorite individual uh, substances, and then we could cycle back to the formulas. So either way, sure. I think could work.
0: Yeah, let, let's cover a couple single herbs by themselves and maybe in a little bit less detail than we did with the pine pollen so we can cover more than a, a couple of them. One of my other, uh, it's really talking about this jing, something that works through very different ways than pine pollen is hoshuwu. Uh, this is a root in Chinese medicine, one of the top ones known for anti-aging benefits. And this, it's really seen as, probably the top herb for supporting that Jing energy. Uh, Now with Jing and looking at Jing herbs, they're often separated into two categories. You have the Yang Jing herbs and the Yin Jing herbs. With yin and yang, most people have heard of these, but it's really kind of the yang is the masculine, that driving force, more aggressive, expansive, while yin is feminine, receptive, that like restorative sort of energy. So if we're looking at this with the yang or the uh, jing energy, right? Um, The yang jing herbs, that's more of those sort of, as I said, aggressive driving herbs. Uh, This is something a lot of people would take before a sort of workout it's gonna give them more of that energy with which to go out there and put that out there however you need to balance that out with the yin side and probably that yin side is more important because uh, we need more restoration uh, I mean that's what's gonna really cultivate that jang because you can go overboard with you know too much energy uh, there's a saying in Chinese medicine it's okay to become tired but never exhausted uh, that's because, you know, if you're tired, that you know that's a normal thing. We become tired each day. That's our time to go to sleep, to rest and recuperate. If you're becoming exhausted, that's when you're tapping into that Jing energy, your essence, where you're overextending yourself and thus, you know, perhaps accelerating aging. So really the Yin Jing is a bit more important if we want to have, you know, long, vital life. And Hoshu Wu is probably the top herb in my opinion for this yin jing energy so this is something that is much more tonic it helps to support the body every day there are some hormonal saponins but it's not really directly uh, affecting the hormones in any sort of way um, like the pine pollen does it really does so many different things helps to increase the body's own antioxidant abilities and really just supports that jing energy
1: How do you like people to take it?
0: Uh, So the form we have is a powdered form. Um, Basically for a lot of the powdered herbs, uh, it really does depend on them, but they make a strong tea, what's called a decoction. And they keep boiling that away till basically all the uh, water is boiled off and they're left with a powder. Sometimes there's a couple other steps involved with that, but that's basically what it is. So, uh, just taking a powder, adding it to some sort of liquid is an easy way to do it. Uh, something that I do with Hoshu Wu is I, I have one cup of coffee each day uh, and I add some hoshu to that along with some other uh, herbs as well. So I feel that's a good delivery vehicle because, you know, coffee, you know, there's benefits to it. There's some side effects to it. Uh, depends on the person, you know, some studies coming out showing like, okay, there's people that uh, process caffeine uh, much differently than others. Uh, so you got to know yourself, but coffee can be a great delivery vehicle because it is a vasodilator. It's kind of driving these other nutrients in. So hoshu, it has a similar flavor profile too. So I feel it works really well with coffee and that's what I personally do.
1: I think one thing that might be helpful for the listeners to mention if they want to research this is that it's also called Polygonum Multiflorum.
0: Yeah, that is the Latin name. You'll also see faux tea, which is kind of a common name for it, Uh, although technically that's not the right name. That was applied to something else, but it got sort of associated with this. So it's not actually the right name, but you'll often see that as well. And Hoshu Wu is spelled H-E space S-H-O-U space W-U. That's a traditional spelling though. As with many things Chinese, you'll sometimes see different spellings of that come over.
1: And this can be taken long term.
0: Yeah, I really do see this as a tonic herb. Uh, So much more when you're getting to those yin things, it's more restorative. It is something that isn't as sort of aggressive in its powerfulness compared to some of the other Jing herbs which can be great and that's it's interesting cuz you know people coming to a site they they really want it for you know athletic prowess or sexual prowess right you know, they're trying to reclaim this and there's great herbs for that however without understanding you really need this restorative component that's going to you know allow those energies to be there within your body that you don't need to be sort of stimulated in the same sort of way so yeah so, I definitely see Hoshibu as a tonic herb
1: So, someone who is older, depleted, it might be good for them to take uh, Hoshu Wu for a few months before they add the Yang Jing tonics.
0: Yeah, that could be a good way to go. I mean, if you're really looking with a uh, formula, you can have a bit more of a balance. So, you can have some of that. Yang energy, but also some of that yin. Uh, so, for instance, um, another herb I'd like to talk about is shilajit, and this one comes from Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, just it's it, it's known as the destroyer of weakness and the conqueror of mountains. I don't know about you, but as soon as I heard that, I was like I gotta try that thing, right? Uh, it's it's a it's not actually like a plant matter. Well, it sort of is. It, it's a mineral pitch that oozes out of the mountains. Really, up at high elevations. It used to be plant matter that through the mountains has basically been uh, compressed down and then comes up out of the mountains and then it's processed in a sort of way so it's. Uh, we're able to take it. This is something that has basically all those trace minerals, all the things we talked about us being depleted in that we're not getting from our food supply because this substance is basically coming from thousands of years old and it's compressed matter and sort of processed by the earth in this way. Extremely rich in minerals, uh, has some very cool other things in it like fulvic acid, um, which do many things, but basically uh, anything that's taken with shilajit, it basically delivers it to your cells better um there's so many benefits historically it was used as a cure-all basically like you have any sort of problem take shilajit it's going to help your body get much better so even though it comes from ayurvedic medicine and that that's the thing between like chinese medicine and ayurvedic medicine and western herbalism they don't always match up so it's it's hard to say like what are the best Western Jing herbs just because we look at them through a different model and you can see some correlations, but it really is coming from a different uh, method and they don't always cross over. But Shilajit, I would definitely consider one of these Jing substances uh, that has both sort of that yin and yang energy in it as well. So as far as a formula, the first formula we did at Superman Herbs we call Phoenix Formula. Uh, The Phoenix being the mythological bird that dies and then uh, that burns itself into a pile of ashes, then is reborn from those ashes, and we like that sort of symbology because uh, with these deeply restorative herbs, um, you can kind of rebirth your own health, uh, rebuild that foundation. So within this formula is most of the stuff I've talked about, pine pollen, shilajit, hoshuwu, and it also has the polyricus ant extract, which is an extremely good chi Uh, tonic so this is great for that everyday energy it's something that people tend to feel but at the same time you're getting the nutrition and a little that hormone support from the pine pollen then really a lot of that yin jing energy from the shilajit and the hoshu wu
1: and if someone's interested if they feel like they've got a good base there and they wanted to begin to add some more yang jing herbs are they in that formula or or at that point would you add or go to another formula
0: well yeah it, it does depend on what the person's looking for so yeah you definitely have that yang aspect with the pine pollen though not quite as strong as with if it was a tinctured form and as i said that shilajit it really kind of has both the yin and yang uh, some herbs are like that they're kind of balanced by themselves um and then the ant extract just working with the chi and providing like a lot of people feel that one instantly. There is that youngness to it, but it is also deeply nourishing. Uh, If people are looking for more of that young energy, um, there's all sorts of other herbs like uh, horny goat weed or epimedium. This is well known for its sexual benefits Um, and it's a pretty powerful herb. This is not what I would call a tonic herb, not something you want to be taking all the time, Uh, but it definitely has some pretty, powerful effects in the bedroom. Um, there's also Tongkat Ali. This herb comes from either Malaysia or Indonesia, and this is an extremely powerful hormonal herb as well. Um, so, yeah, it depends on what people are trying to get. Sustance would be another one that has a lot of sexual benefits, but I've also found it's great as far as athletic energy. Basically, anything that helps with sex, it's the same sort of energy that's used in various forms of athleticism because it's that for men it's that yang sort of driving force that aggressive energy
1: so the concern is especially if you're dealing with the american mind yeah is that men would go too quickly to the yang jing tonics without first restoring sort of their their juice
0: yeah yeah and that it certainly is a concern uh, that's why we try to educate people now I mean, it's not quite the same as it might be. Like, most of these things aren't going to, you know, immediately cause any sort of problems. Um, But as with everything, it can be overdone. Uh, So even with our formulas, we try to sort of balance them out, have a little bit of these uh, different energies in them. Um, But, yeah, it's really... I guess cultivating a different bit of a mindset because that Western mindset, the culture is, you know, we just, we want instant gratification. We want these certain things fixed and (laughs) have no problems there without understanding this need. And it's the same in our behaviors, right? A lot of people work out, but find it hard to do meditative practices or these different things that help to restore and nourish our body just because that's not what is praised within our culture. Now, uh,
1: were there any other, uh, particular herbs or substances you wanted to kind of put on the table here
0: yeah i mean there's so many others we could talk about uh is a fun one this one has all three treasures so this is jing Qi and shen it's said to nourish the five elements all 12 meridians it's kind of an all-in-one tonic Uh, It does so many different things, like it helps support liver detox, um, supports night vision, good as sort of a nootropic, helping that clarity of the mind, opens the heart. It's doing all these different things within the body, Uh, so that's a really great herb um, that I continue to look for and working with just because it's, you know, it does so many things within one single herb. Uh, There's all the medicinal mushrooms, which we haven't even talked about. Uh, The medicinal mushrooms are all of them great for supporting the immune system in a number of different ways, like lots of research coming out of uh, China and Japan, but also within the West, these are being heavily investigated for working with viruses, uh, tumors, all sorts of other things like that. Uh, So I mean, there's so many I could talk about this stuff for hours.
1: Okay, well, Let's segue then into the fact that you've of you've started and you have your own company that is making these uh, available to people and uh, in formulas. One question I have is what motivated you to do this? I mean, there's already you know already Ron Tea Garden has a large <laughs> company, and there are at least one other company that I know of that's in this space. What what moved you to start your own company?
0: Well, like I said, I was, I was taking the herbs for myself, uh, and I was, now there's, a, there's a couple components here. so I was, I was taking the herbs and, you know, when it comes to herbs, when it comes to supplements out there, uh, there's a lot of crap and there's a lot of good stuff. And of course, like tea garden stuff, he, he has really good things, but, um, especially getting into this in, industry, I see how much more that is true than even I thought about before. But really it kind of started as like, you know, what if what if we could, you know, build our own formulas, get our own herb supply uh, just to support ourselves. So it was me and actually my two brothers are involved in this company. We got it started. I was doing online business with my strength training. You know, I have various books and uh, videos and different programs around that. And my brother came to me and was like, you know, you want to start selling these herbs and I said sure why not he actually like went out find suppliers got connected with some different things so we started off pretty small uh, bringing stuff in like pine pollen because that was something that was uh, pretty amazing benefits for him um, and shilajit and these different herbs so we just kind of got started with it and we're always trying to find the best stuff because this is these are all herbs that we personally take. And I think that's a good sort of litmus test for any sort of uh, herbal or supplement company. Do the people that run that actually take the herbs? And unfortunately, the answer is not always yes. Uh, So I, I think that's a good way to... Kind of discern a little bit of the truth, and if you can't find anything about the founders, then you know that might be another sign as well. So it was really just kind of an experiment in the beginning, and it worked well, and so it's it's grown over the years, and it's been a lot of fun doing it at the same time.
1: Now, what role do you play in you know the fact that you know you're not the only principal in the company? What is your role?
0: Uh, I'm primarily like the online marketing guy and spreading the message and uh writing articles, doing videos, coming out on interviews like this, as well as, you know, working on okay, what herbs are we going to release, putting together formulas, that sort of thing. I get technically I'm the CEO.
1: Why don't you give out the name of the company now since we've brought it up?
0: Sure, Superman Herbs, and that's at supermanherbs.com. Now I will let you know this, we are going through a rebranding. There's apparently some issues with DC Comics and Superman, Uh, so we will have a new name within the next couple of months, but even if you go to that website, it will redirect to the new website. Uh, We're still working on putting all that together.
1: Okay, so let's uh, move on to something that obviously is an art form as well as a science and that's the art of blending these substances into a synergistic greater whole that Mm -hmm. uh, is a new animal of its own um, and it's probably something you have a passion for. Why don't you introduce us to some of your favorite superman herb formulas?
0: Mm Um, yeah, formulation is a really whole art and science to it. And it can be looked through a whole bunch of different lenses, right? You know, perhaps we can look at it through Western lenses. Oh, this sort of chemical found within this herb interacts with this other one in order to achieve this function. Then we can look at it through more energetic lens like, okay, these herbs, you know, have a heating energy, these have a cooling energy, do we want to balance that out or balance it specifically for a person's constitution? Um, Because some people run hotter, some people run colder, so the herbs can help balance that and uh, achieve more of the effects for the person so there's all these different ways we can look at it uh we've been talking mostly about men but i, I and even those called superman herbs like we're, we're not just about men we do talk about that a lot but i also dive into women's health all these same herbs like even pine pollen works well for women usually in the powdered form they don't need that tinctured form quite so much um, there's you know, all this other stuff that goes. So for the women, I'm, I'm quite happy with what we put together as far as Athena's woman formula. Uh, the idea for this was we started with basically what is regarded as the number one herb in Chinese medicine for women, and that is Dongkwai. And then the number one herb from Ayurvedic medicine, which is shatavari, and that formed the basis of the formula. Uh, although they're both the number ones in their respective categories, they have very def different mechanisms. um, And other people have used them synergistically before. So that's kind of the foundation. Uh, And this formula has all sorts of hormonal effects. Although men's hormones are fairly complex when you look at all the interacting parts, women's are much more so, just primarily because you have that monthly cycle. So over the of a month, the hormones fluctuate much more than they do in a men. So it's a bit more complicated in that sense. So we have these different herbs. And on top of that, we have a little bit of pine pollen that we added, like I said, for the nutrition. And women have testosterone as well. So that can help support that a little bit there too. Uh, And many women don't know this, but actually A lot of women are deficient in testosterone, and that would help in many of the functions they're looking for. Then we rounded this out with four different berries. Because with the women's formula, we especially wanted to make something that tastes good, uh, which I cannot say the same for a lot of our other formulas. Uh, we're, We're kind of the mindset, well, one, people's taste, they need to, you know, learn to enjoy these other tastes. For instance, bitter, uh, a lot of people don't like the bitter taste, but really if you're not tasting things that are are bitter, then you're not getting the components that are found within bitter things, and therefore you're not getting that benefit. You're kind of missing out on one of the entire five elements because each taste is associated with that. So you're missing out a lot by only In the Western world, we eat sweet things and salty things, and some people like spicy things, but we don't like bitter, we don't really like sour either, so we're missing these whole flavor profiles and all the related chemistry that comes along with that. But men tend to be a little more of the mindset of, you know, I'll take anything, it doesn't matter how bad it tastes as long as I get the effects from it, right? (laughs) But women, there is some of that, but not quite to the same thing. So we really wanted something that tastes good, And there's a number of berries that are used both in Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. So the Athena Women's Formula has that schizandra that we talked about, which has a sour taste, then goji berry, longin berry, um, which are both sweeter tasting, and sea buckthorn berry, which comes out of Mongolia. And all these berries, you know, they're not just for flavor. We don't use fillers or things just for flavor, but they have complete benefits to them themselves you know tons of nutrition tons of other things going on as well so I'm pretty happy with this formula uh, this is something that I primarily put together but you know with the help of people testing it and giving some feedback and uh, one of the <laughs> reviews we got for from a woman's law uh, you did a pretty good job putting together a woman's formula from a man's point of view so pretty happy with that one.
1: Okay, just keep going.
0: (laughs) All right, then we have our Thor's Hammer formula. I'm also pretty proud of this one. Uh, A lot of people, as we started to get more well-known for having these hormonally-supporting herbs, something that comes along with that is sexual function, which a lot of people, a lot of men, as they're getting older, you know, if that stops working, then, you know, that's the number one issue they want to get fixed, right? And for good reason. But the... uh, sort of erections happening uh, or not happening is a good sign of your hormonal health. Um, something we talk about with the pine pollen is we have a morning wood guarantee. Morning wood being, you know, when guys wake up with an erection, uh, and that that is a sign. There's multiple different things going on, but there's a hormonal component to it. And of course, circulation and blood flow has to do with it as well. So with our uh, Thor's hammer formula, this is specifically designed for healthy sexual functioning and it's really working through some different mechanisms so this was put together a little more with that uh, Western mindset looking at the different components Uh, you got the hormonal component with Tonka Ali in there primarily and of course there's an herb for each of these components but really as a full-spectrum herb uh, they're doing much more than just these single things and often there's crossover between them uh, you have cistanch in there, which in Chinese medicine uh, is, is said to direct blood flow to the pelvic area. Um, my guess is, though, I haven't seen specific research in this that is helping with that nitric oxide function, which is needed to relax the blood vessels and thus allow blood to flow in there. You have that epimedium or horny goat weed, which actually the what's called the active constituent in there is icarin, which is a PDE-5 inhibitor, and that may not mean much to most people uh, until I tell them that Viagra and Cialis and these other drugs, that's the mechanism through which that they work. Of course, honing goatweed weed as a herbal component, and it just has a little bit of this Icarin in there. It's not working to that same degree as those drugs work, you know, where they force things in one direction, but it does have that similar sort of mechanism in there. And what PDE-5 does is it actually basically breaks down the nitric oxide or the component of the nitric oxide which causes you to lose an erection so that's in there we also have makuna which is an herb from ayurveda that is rich in l-dopa which is the precursor to dopamine and dopamine has many function it has uh, definitely has some stuff to do with testosterone but it's also kind of the neurotransmitter of desire so this is used in getting sexually excited and sexually aroused. And along with that, we also have the shilajit, which is kind of that restorative component and having all those minerals in there, because, well, if you can be just off in one mineral that may uh, interact with certain things, but it's also there as that sort of driver that helps to potentiate everything, make it a little more effective. So we've had pretty good results with this formula. And speaking of bad tasting formulas, this one wins the cake as the uh, most horrible tasting one we have. Um, There's a lot of funny comments we get regarding that, but it does seem to work quite well for a large number of people. Once again, nothing works for everyone, but uh, this one, because it's hitting those different mechanisms, seems to work pretty well. Now, would
1: somebody take this um, alternating with the Phoenix formula, or would it, or can they take them at the same time, or how do you normally suggest
0: it? With the Phoenix formula, I see that as more of a tonic formulation. Uh, with the Thor's hammer, uh, not so much. Um, with these, it, it's it's a pretty strong. Formula uh, in its effects. I wouldn't say it's something a person should take every single day. We generally just recommend it, you know, thirty minutes before sex. I suppose if you're taking sex every day, you'd take it, but uh, really, it's not something that should be taken all the time, long term. Because one, you have that tongkat ali. uh, That's a pretty powerful hormonal herb, and that's something that we recommend cycling with. Horny goat weed. I mentioned that before. That's not something you should be taking all the time. Makuna, that it's a very fascinating herb. All the different things that have to do with that. Um, so that's probably not something you should take all the time. Uh, Sustanch, maybe it can be pretty powerful. So yeah, this formula is not something that should be taken all the time. Okay. Just use it when you need it, and not of And this isn't like you need to have uh, no erections to have this. Like even people that seem to be very healthy there. They seem to just enhance things that are going on as well. So I've taken it and enjoyed it. Let me just put it that way.
1: Okay. Uh, any other formulas you want to let the listeners know about?
0: Yeah, we have a couple others, like a pre and post-workout formula. Um, pre-workout, very sort of similar to some of the stuff we've talked about here, having that energy for the workout, but really kind of being balanced and having some things in there to help, um, help with the restoration afterwards. Um, in our pre-workout formula that we call Hercules, we have that ant extract. Like I said, that's a pretty good pre-workout by itself, uh, providing that energy. Uh, we also have, uh, two adaptogenic herbs. I guess more might be considered this, but we have rhodiola and cordyceps. Rhodiola was one of the main herbs out of Russian research that kind of this whole adaptogen term came around saying that your body helps adapt better to any sort of stress, physical or mental. Uh, These tend to be good for giving energy as well and can kind of regulate that cortisol. Um, That's a little bit of a... That's what's commonly believed, but the truth is these can be overdone as well. Um, So you don't want to necessarily always be on this, You know, a small amount depending on the person can be fine, but uh, a lot of people kind of abuse adaptogens. They're just like taking too much of this to be able to push their energy more in what they're doing uh, without really having that recuperative energy that we talked about before. But cordyceps is a great one that is considered both a yin and yang uh, Jing herb as well as a chi herb great for endurance that's why I include it in the pre-workout uh, just it works specifically on the chi meridian or the um, lung Meridian uh, sort of the storehouse house of Chi within the body helps with the breathing um, helps with high altitudes as well and we have sistanche, marl root shilajit in there uh, some of those I already talked about before and the marl roots another one from uh, sort of Russian research looking at um, Basically, the Maral deer, which is a specific uh, breed of deer out there, uh, after they'd fight each other, you know, aggressively as part of mating rituals, they'd go and eat this root to help their body to recover, um, to come back from it. So Russia's done some pretty interesting research on that one, uh, showing how it helps support lean muscle mass gain and uh, recovery and that sort of thing.
1: Do you have any experience with the Stragulus?
0: Yeah, that's not something that we carry right now, um, but it is probably something we will carry in the future. That is an amazing herb, Um, great immune system benefits. Uh, It helps to build what they call the defensive chi, which is kind of that immune system function in there. And that's, of course, where they isolated that one compound that's said to activate the telomerase enzyme, which helps with the teloneers uh, from uh, sort of recouping those so that that helps with anti-aging as well. So yeah, astragalus is pretty good. That's probably something we will carry in the future, but we don't have that right now.
1: Do you have personal experience with that herb? Have you taken it?
0: Yeah, I've taken a little bit of it, not a whole lot, but it is one that I like. Um, The taste is pretty interesting. It definitely has a distinctive taste, astragalus. Uh, I've experimented with many things, and I'll just mention, I'm not... You know, I, I said I take hoshuwu. I take a couple things in my coffee every day. I guess I don't take them the, when I don't drink coffee, but I'm very experimental in my approach. I'm always testing new things and I, I like to listen to my body's feedback. So I'll just go to my herb drawers or my whole, you know, lots of tinctures and different things I have available. And it's like, what do I want right now? What, do I, what does my body want right now? And that's kind of how I like to approach uh, my herbalism.
1: One herb I'm researching right now, I don't know if it would fit into this category of a deep tonifier, but it seems to have a broad spectrum benefit is, are you familiar with an herb called Moringa?
0: Yes. Moringa is actually something we will have. uh, It's coming down the pipeline. Um, Amazing amount of nutrition in this herb in that sense. like Anything that has nutrition definitely supports the body in that way. Uh, I'd have to look more into it in specific sort of compounds or other things that may have uh, to see if it really fits that energy but yeah from what I've gathered with that and the little bit of experimentation I've done just it, it is packed full of nutrition.
1: One of the concerns I've had about it is that uh, if you really look into that, the benefits seem to come from the whole herb from the combination of the Fruit and the stem and the leaf, and a lot of the people are just selling the leaf powder.
0: Hmm, interesting. That's something I'll have to be sure to look into. I've also seen some seed powders available. Yeah, yeah, that's good to know.
1: Well, I I really really appreciate. I mean, we could go on and on, and I didn't even get into asking you about your view on exercise, but I don't want the (laughs) uh, I don't want the interview to go you know, to an unwieldy length, Um, why don't you give out again, your contact information and how people can find out about you and your products. And then a question that I have that I'd like you to cover before you go is if uh, someone purchases uh, some herbs from you, and they have some questions that come up or about how to use this, or do I cycle this? Do you have support materials for that? Or do you have a mechanism for uh, people to call and talk to a knowledgeable person? Or how do you support people to make sure that they're using these products optimally?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'll try to cover all that. So the website once again is Superman Herbs com uh, we really do try to provide a ton of information on there so any of the single herbs we talked about any of the herbs we didn't talk about all these formulas you'll find a lot of information on the page and that also includes like how much do we recommend that you take um, all those recommendations by the way are starting points some people find they're better off with more some people find they're better off with less cycling information when that's necessary that is covered on there um, so, you'll find tons of information throughout the website. Uh, people can reach me if they need to reach me directly at logan at supermanherbs.com. But really, for these questions, things that aren't covered on the website, you can reach our help desk. We have fantastic people that work in our customer service department. Just write info at supermanherbs.com. Uh, we also have a uh, phone. Yeah, you can call in and talk to people. We're really not there to give you consultations over the phone um, simply because you know that takes a lot of time and uh, the people that work in customer service you know they know about our herbs but aren't really qualified uh, herbalist at that sort of level but you can reach us at by phone at 831-454-8947 if you do want more in-depth sort of consultation uh, not just about which herbs you should be taking but really you I don't want people to look at herbs as sort of a uh, magic bullet. I mean, yes, they can very much act like that from time to time. But really, if you want this idea of radiant health, if you want to have you know good health to support your lifestyle, whatever you're doing, it does come down to nutrition, which herbalism is a big part of that. I feel herbs are a part of our diet and they ought to be, uh, not just normal foods. Uh, they always were with indigenous people, that sort of thing um but different lifestyle things you can do uh, all these other things that impact the health you're getting we do have a number of consultants that we've worked with closely to offer their services on our website for a uh, nominal charge and you know on some of those they might not even talk about herbs it really depends on what an individual person needs so if you go to our website you'll see those consults are available there. Uh, Unfortunately, generally right now, I'm not working too much with people one-on-one just because growing the company uh, takes up a lot of my time. So I've chosen not to focus on that because uh, we have some other great people that can do that as well. And some that actually have been doing this far longer than I have.
1: Is there anything you'd like to say in closing?
0: Oh yeah, let me also say just for the people that are interested in the strength training and exercise uh, side of things, my other website is legendarystrength.com. You can find tons of information over there as well. So in closing, I, I guess just to expand on what I just said, I really do see herbalism should be a part of our daily nutrition. It's People look at these herbs as supplements, and in some ways, they certainly are that. But if you go back to indigenous peoples back in history, uh, the herbs, these things that have all these medicinal components that really support our health, were are a natural part of the diet. And besides a few culinary herbs, we, as you know, a human species, especially in the West, we don't use herbs at all, besides a couple of those things, when really... There's so much available in this, and because our food supply has been not only this uh, mineral deficiency that then doesn't get into our food supply, but you know all those great vegetables we have—they've been bred to have less of these components in them. If you look at wild lettuce versus any form of lettuce you get in the store, there's so much less nutrition in it. Uh, whereas the wild lettuce, it really has some pretty cool medicinal components in it and what it can do so i feel that herbs are a natural part of the diet i encourage people to experiment with them make tonic herbalism a part of your life whether you go through superman herbs obviously i encourage you to do that because we have some good herbs and uh really stand behind them but if you choose to go elsewhere that is fine too i just encourage you to do that oh and one other thing we have a 365 day money back guarantee um Because we encourage people to try herbs, if something doesn't work for you, you know, we hope people are honest with this, but you can send back the empty bag or bottle and we'll refund your money. So that's kind of the, you know, take the risk off us, try our stuff out. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay, but we hope it does.
1: That's fantastic. Logan, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me and our listeners today. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm your host, Dr. David, the cutting edge doc. <clears throat> Excuse me. And today we've been speaking with Logan Christopher, who's an expert in the area of tonification and supporting natural vitality and masculine energy. And you can find out more about Logan and his work at supermanherbs.com and legendarystrength.com. That's correct. And, uh, I really appreciate it, Logan. And with that, we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. To access all episodes, including show notes, go to cuttingedgedoc.com. That's cuttingedgedoc.com.